0: Hello and welcome to Episode 3 of The Creative Crossing. Today we're going to discuss a topic that I personally think is super fun and interesting. And I really hope you do too. We're going to talk about the importance and strategy behind mapping out your customer journey. You might be asking yourself, what exactly is a customer journey and how do you map it out? Well, stay tuned because we're going to answer all those questions and more in today's episode. Hey there, I'm Aaron.
1: And I'm Brianna.
0: And together we'd like to welcome you to The Creative Crossing.
1: A podcast where business smarts and creative hearts come together to help take you and your business to the next level.
0: Each week, we'll discuss topics around creative entrepreneurship, building brands, and the ever-changing industry of graphic design.
1: We'll also explore business best practices, technical tips, and all the best resources for boosting your creative process. So if you're ready to show up
0: and make things happen,
1: then let's dive straight into today's episode of The Creative Crossing.
0: Okay, Brianna, so to start us off, can you first explain to me what a customer journey is and what is customer journey mapping?
1: Sure, so when we are talking about a customer's journey. We are talking about the experience interacting with your company, sometimes maybe even before they know who you are, but they realize they have a need for a service or a product that you provide. It's sort of like telling a story. And along this story or journey, there are different touch points you'll likely make with the customer, be it in person, online, social media, however it is that you interact with your customers. A lot of times people think that a customer journey is super simple. They find your company, buy your product, and then ta-da, the story is over. But it can actually be a lot more complex than that. And rightfully so, because a well-thought-out customer journey not only ensures that your customer receives the best experience with minimal hassle, but it can also increase the likelihood of them becoming a returning customer. You begin understanding the relationship between your business and your customers, but from the perspective of the customers. Depending on your business model and the different ways someone can interact with your company, your customer journey map may be, in fact, more simple. Think of it as answering how your customers reach the end goal, which is normally a purchase, by progressing from point A to point B and so on. In most cases, though, a customer journey is not so linear especially if your customers can interact with you in different ways. So let's say you have a website, social media, so on and so forth, the more ways that show up for your customers, or the more you want to build a true relationship with those customers, the more detailed and intentional you'll want to be with your customer journey map. And quite honestly, building relationships is a much bigger driver for success in the long run than just quickly pushing to one-time sales.
0: Oh, okay. I see. I really like that. I especially like how you mentioned that customer journey mapping can help you build relationships with your customers because you're approaching it from like this perspective of the customer themselves. Can you tell me a little bit more about how mapping out the customer journey helps build that relationship?
1: Totally. And actually to best explain this, I'm going to start with sharing a personal experience I had with a company where it was pretty easy to see they didn't have a solid customer journey map. I won't say the name, but this was a company I found online and I really liked what they had to offer. I wasn't ready to make a purchase just yet, but I did want to stay up to date about promotions and just different events happening with them. So I decided to join their mailing list. After joining their list, I immediately got an email as expected. And that email thanked me, welcomed me, um, joined me basically to, to interact with them. And it also told me what I could expect from them in the future. So, from joining the list, they said I could expect to get about one email per week and would never be spammed. For a while, the emails I got were really enjoyable, so much that I actually went back onto their website, made a small purchase of a digital product they had available, and downloaded a couple freebies for topics I was interested in. Over the next few days, I noticed that my once a week email turned into three, sometimes four emails every single day for about two weeks. It seemed that when I made my purchase and downloaded those freebies, I must have jumped onto a few different journey maps that were each set up to send out daily communication. I quickly got frustrated with the number of communications I was receiving and unsubscribed from everything. It was just way too overwhelming. So earlier I mentioned that the journey maps are not linear, and this is a really great example of that. There are different journeys or paths that one single customer could be added to. So it's really important to think strategically about how all of those intersect. And if you have separate journey maps for each way that somebody interacts with your company, you have to think about how do those come together to ensure you aren't overwhelming your customer with too much interaction, but instead become really thoughtful about when and how you interact with them. Otherwise, they might just be like me and become overwhelmed and you could lose that customer altogether. Sometimes too much interaction can actually be worse than no interaction at all.
0: It's funny you say that because I find myself unsubscribing from emails all the time because it just, I get overwhelmed with so many Mm -hmm. different like promotions or, or ads or just things that they're wanting to promote to me. And I'm like, I am interested in their business, but it's just too much. Mm -hmm. So I totally get what you mean there.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I've, I've had that very same experience and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have too, which is why since we've gone through those experience, we know that we don't want to make those for our customers. So let me actually shift gears and share an example of a customer journey map done really well. And I could easily talk about the masterminds over at Target or Apple who've mapped out their customer journeys so detailed that they know when to send you a notification because something you looked at four months ago finally went on sale. But instead, I want to share an example that is a bit more smaller scale and probably more relatable for small business owners. My local vet's office, if you remember, we have a lot of pets in this house and Aaron's smiling at me right now. Over
0: six people. <laughs> we have over six pets. So we go to the vet, you know,
1: We, we go to the occasion. vet kind of often. <laughs> um, but our local vet's office has done a really great job when it comes out to mapping their customer's journey. I know that because as a customer myself, I continue to go back to them time and time again. Just like most people, when I first was looking for a new vet, I jumped onto Yelp and I looked at vets in my area. I looked at their reviews, their ratings. I wanted to know what people thought of them. When I called to make an appointment, it turns out I called a few minutes after they already closed. Rather than instructing me to only leave a voicemail, the recording actually encouraged me to go onto their website where I could quickly schedule an appointment as a new patient. When I went to their website, there was a schedule an appointment now button at the top of the screen, really easy to find, where I can access a calendar of all appointments available at that time. The vet also has extended hours because they know that most people work during the day, so making a vet appointment can be tricky if they close too soon. So I made my appointment and I expected to get a call the next day just to confirm my time. As expected, I did get a call, but they also gave me the option to fill out all my new patient forms prior to coming into the vet's office. Generally, vets will tell you to arrive 15 to 20 minutes before so that you can fill out all their forms on some clipboard. But instead, these forms were sent to me in advance so I can complete everything digitally a few days before actually coming in. So then our first appointment came and it went great. My dog was prescribed some medication. We headed home. um, Everybody was doing well. Then the next day, I got a call from the vet's office checking on my pet, which showed me they really care about her health and her well-being. They also gave me the opportunity to fill out a new patient survey to give feedback about my experience as a whole. Every one of these touch points was an intentional part of the new patient customer journey. Asking for feedback, especially from new customers, is a fantastic way to understand what parts of the experience are working great and identify any areas that can use some improvement. Another huge pain point that this particular customer journey solved was removing the need to arrive at the appointment early, since most people are running short on time anyways. Instead, customers could do all their paperwork before even arriving at the vet's office? Definitely a huge positive. After moving out of this initial new patient phase, the rest of the customer journey for me included intentional and thoughtful touch points from the vet like receiving a birthday message for my dog on her birthday or automatic reminders of when she needed vaccinations and even seasonal reminders about medical conditions that are common for dogs at different points in the year, like flea medication reminders in the summer, ways to help your dog stay safe in hot weather, things like that. The vet ensures that the touch points that they are making with me throughout the year are thoughtful and relevant to me, which then brings me back to them anytime my animals need to see a vet. And like we joked, I have six of them. So we're always in need of something from our local vet's office.
0: We're on rotation.
1: Even if if it's just for a checkup, you know? Absolutely. Um, So back to your original question of how does the customer journey contribute to overall relationship building? I think it's easy to see from those examples now that a bad customer journey can lead to losing a relationship entirely while a great customer journey can actually build you a lifelong client. That
0: totally makes sense, and I completely agree with the notion that if you have a poor customer journey, you risk losing out on that relationship with your clients. The one thing that really stood out to me when you were talking about the vet uh, were the touch points that were made after the new patient phase. It really takes some strategic thinking to come up with how you're going to be there for your clients or customers even after the sale. It's so important to let your clients and customers know that they're important to you, you know? So this all may sound daunting at first, but whenever you think about it, most of these touch points that were made were automated, right? So all the work is done up front, which frees you up as the business or business owner to focus on what you do best, which is taking care of your clients. So, okay, Brianna, one final question for you. What are the different stages of a customer journey and exactly how does one get started mapping out their customer journey?
1: Okay, that's a really good question. And it's funny you say that's your final question, because I feel like my lo- my answer is going to be pretty long winded. But um, let's go ahead and give it a try. So while every customer journey does technically have a starting point, there's no one size fits all. Not every customer will go through the exact same stages. And a company will likely have multiple journeys since not all of their customers even are going to be alike. So first and foremost, to kick off your customer journey mapping process, you need to decide what type of customer are you going to journey map for? Common examples of what I mean by this are, are you wanting to map out your new customer journey or your returning customer journey? Those are probably the most prominent. Next, you need to decide what is the goal for the customer journey? Think of it as where are you leading them to? The goal is really going to help you then be able to reverse engineer the steps along the way in the customer journey. From there... Map out each step or phase your customer is going to go through and indicate the specific touch points or goals for each of those phases. Honestly, we could probably do a super long segment formally going through each of the phases in a lot of detail. And we most likely will one of these days, but just to keep things simple and allow our listeners to begin mapping out their customer journeys here are the main phases I want you to use when you are mapping out the customer journey for your new customers. I think starting with new customers is, is a great place to start.
0: I absolutely agree because it's those new customers that you're shooting for right now. And I, I think any new business owner is going to really appreciate because they're they're new. They're trying to find the people that they're wanting to serve. So I think that starting with that is a good idea.
1: Awesome. All right, so first, again, you need to decide what is the goal for bringing in a new customer? This is gonna vary based on the type of business or services that you offer. So for example, let's say the end goal is that they purchase services from you to create their brand identity. Before someone purchases that brand identity, They're going to go through probably four or five main phases of a customer journey, unless they just shoot right through and you get that magical unicorn customer who just all of a sudden decides to buy from you. But more than likely, that's not going to happen. So let's go through each of these different phases. And we're going to have these in the show notes for you guys. So feel free to just really listen intently as we go through these and know we've taken a lot of notes for you. But of course, if that helps you, go ahead and feel free to write those down if you can safely do so and you're not listening to this in your car. So phase one is going to be awareness. This is where I want you to write down how is someone going to become aware of your company or your services? So do you have a website, social media pages, mailing list, maybe a podcast, write all of those down and decide how are you going to help someone become aware of your brand. For some, this might mean things like Facebook or Instagram ads. It may even come down to posting online with really strong use of hashtags and SEO or maybe showing up at networking events where business owners will be present. However, you push getting awareness out about your brand is going to be the very first step. And the key here is to make sure you are building awareness for the right customers, the people who are actually going to benefit from what you offer and would be interested in purchasing it. Next, phase two, Uh, this one's called consideration. So think of the consideration phase for a new customer as like a vetting process. The customer is considering your services, so now it's your job to make that experience a positive one. Maybe that means you lay out your website in a way that they can really get to know you and your services with videos, blogs, resources, however it is that you choose to do that. Or maybe this is where you'll schedule a 15-minute phone conversation to talk through what their needs are and how you can help solve those needs for them. You want to be prepared to pitch your services the right way by focusing on the impact or value that you can provide your customer. In a perfect world, the customer signs on with you at the end of that consultation, but more than likely, that's not going to be the case. So you'll need to have it mapped out then what those next steps look like.
0: I know that for designers and uh, creatives like that, This step is probably very important because um, a lot of times I've talked to designers that whenever they don't get the client, they just kind of move on to the next thing, you know, and but it's showing up for the person that said no, that's going to probably get them to return back to you, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So maybe after that initial conversation, you decide you'll follow up with an email to recap your conversation and maybe get their permission to add them to your mailing list so you can ensure they receive resources you send out to all your customers.
0: That's a great idea. That's a great idea.
1: The biggest thing is you don't want that conversation to end. You, You understand they haven't yet made a decision. And so you can really help impact that decision one way or another by either actively showing up or just kind of silently waiting to see what happens.
0: Okay, so what's phase three?
1: (laughs) So let me kind of wrap up consideration a little bit, because I think it's important to remember the consideration phase is going to look different for all business customers. It comes down to how you build those touch points into your customer journey. But always be sure you're focusing on how you can impact or drive value for your customers. You can't expect them to purchase something that they don't fully believe in themselves. That's very true. So then phase three, this is the one we all hope for. So if you did a really great job in building awareness and also provided some awesome experiences for your customers while they're considering your services, they can reach the actual purchase phase where they purchase and pay for your services. And as a new business, getting paying customers is like what we all should be striving for because it's how we put food on our tables. So if you're selling a brand identity, this is where your project is probably gonna begin. Managing the project well from start to finish is going to be key here. You want to be really intentional about how often you communicate with your customer, provide them deliverables on time, and ensure their purchase is the one they don't regret making. The key here is to set expectations during the sale. For something more complex like selling a brand identity, that means having the next phases of the project map out in advance with details around dates. Each phase of the project detailed out for the customer, clear contracts, basically set the stage when you begin. That way, the experience for the customer is exactly what they expected it to be.
0: And you know, just to add to that, uh, a great thing that designers can do or brand identity consultants can do is have this template Mm pre-made. So all they have to do is populate the dates or populate the information given to them by the client. It doesn't have to be a very long time consuming process. And in the end, it's really going to show that you are showing up for your client.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. That's a great point. And for those things that are a bit more labor intensive, anything you can do around templating that process, um, but then being able to customize for each customer individually using your template, it's going to save you a ton of time.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: But let's say you're selling something a little bit more simple, like maybe you have a digital download on your website or on Etsy or wherever it is that you sell products. This likely means you need to make sure that process for purchasing products on your site is really easy and also ensure people are clear about how they're going to receive the digital download, whether that's through an email or however it is you get it to them. The last thing you want is for somebody to hand money over to you and then they don't really know what happens next or they don't actually receive what it is that they purchased from you. That would be like worst case scenario. So you want to make sure they know how they're going to receive their product um, and when they're going to receive it. And people probably have different opinions about this, but I think that the purchase phase is likely one of the most important ones to get right. Because at this point, you already done a lot of work to attract a customer through building awareness and getting them to consider your company against other competitors, because you're not alone in this space. They have other options they could turn to. So if you make the purchase experience a really positive one, you now get to help your customer through the next phase, which is about retention. And did you know, it's actually way easier to retain a customer than it is to gain a new one. It's a lot less costly, too. There are studies out there that say it's anywhere from three to five times more expensive to bring in a new customer than it is to retain an existing one. And we're not just talking money here, but we're also meaning largely with time. So to build a successful company, you want to do everything you can to treat your customers really well and retain them. And how you retain your customer is going to, again, be unique to you. There's no one-size-fits-all approach here. But this is where you really want to be intentional about how much you communicate with your customers. Sometimes this communication may be through a weekly mailing list where you send your resources and information that's relevant to those customers. And if you do have a mailing list, be sure to think back to my example before of ensuring your mailing list doesn't spam your customers too often especially if you have multiple customer journey maps with different email communication lined up.
0: So you're saying that I shouldn't email my customers 18 times a day?
1: Absolutely not. They okay. will like unsubscribe, block you, all of those things. All right,
0: duly noted. <laughs>
1: so aside from just communicating with customers via email, retention is also about building relationships. And that's really what all of these different touch points come down to. If you recently did a brand identity for someone or designed a logo or whatever it is that you did for them, Have a built in process for you to check in with that customer after 30 days of their brand identity going live. See how it's working out for them. And don't just stop there. Check in again with them six months, 12 months down the road. It's all going to depend, of course, on how those conversations go. But make sure that you're not just providing them with the services they ask for and then kind of ghosting them because it's a two way street there building that relationship. And as a business owner, you know, things can evolve and change all the time for your customers. So you want to ensure you're building a relationship that the customer sees you as their go-to person for the long haul. If you think back to my example of where I talked about my vet's office, all those reminders about when my pet needs more medication, or even like the sweet happy birthday message that gets sent to my dog, it's all about retaining me as a customer, which I might add, they have done really well.
0: If I may touch on whenever you were talking about that six to 12 month checkup. If you're even upfront with your customer that and say, hey, you know, I'm going to check up with you in six months or 12 months or, you know, in 30 days or whatever, and you actually do it, you are building trust that way. Mm-hmm. And you are telling your client something that you're going to do. And whenever you execute it, they see you as someone that sticks to their word.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And trust is a huge thing, because if your customer can't trust you, they're probably going to be less likely to come back to you in the future. No, that's a really great point. It is. I guess it's what we're trying to say here is retaining customers doesn't have to be difficult. There's not this like weird calculus type looking equation where you're trying to figure out how does X get you to Y to Z? Like it's not about just some random jumbo here.
0: Thank God, because I suck at math.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just be sincere. Show your customers that you care and don't let them for a minute think that you have ever forgotten about them. And last but not least, if you have retained your customers well, they are likely to move into the last phase of the customer journey, where now they become an advocate for your company. That's like a really strong word there, advocate. Like it feels good just talking about. Oh, them. it
0: absolutely does. Like they're like an ambassador for you. Like they're <laughs> they are talking you up. They're telling everybody to go to you. It's it's a great feeling, honestly.
1: It is. Like they should get like a little pin they get to wear on their shirt. <laughs> But really I can design a pin. <laughs> what this means is that customer likes you so much, they are telling their friends, their families, and their colleagues about you. And let me tell you, word of mouth is the number one marketing tool you want out there for your company. It doesn't cost you a dime and people are going to rely on the opinions of people they know a lot more. When they're trying to figure out whether or not they can trust you, then they will about what it is you tell them about their company. They know at the end of the day, you're trying to build a successful company and their friends want to help them kind of do the same. So they're going to rely on their friends' opinions a lot more here.
0: I'm not going to lie. I feel like I need to go back and look at the customer journey for my new clients. Seriously, though, this has been awesome. And I completely get what you mean whenever you say that businesses need to really be intentional about mapping out the customer journey and probably even building out a few different customer journeys.
1: Absolutely right. You got it there.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but from how I see it, those last two phases of the journey map, they're ongoing, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. They're they are not like a start and finish and then they're over kind of thing.
0: So unless you or the customer decides to end the relationship for whatever reason, you can continue to build lasting relationships. And once someone is already a customer of yours, I imagine building awareness and helping them consider your services probably looks a little different too than it would for someone who doesn't even know your brand at
1: all. Exactly. So like you mentioned, that's why the most successful businesses will have multiple customer journeys mapped out so that they can ensure they make the experience the best it- can be for all of their customers, new ones and returning. This reduces the risk of losing a relationship altogether. And honestly, it's kind of like a people puzzle, but I feel like that's a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) It definitely does seem like a puzzle. Thank you for answering all my questions and going through the customer journey mapping for our listeners.
1: Of course, I love this stuff. And I could probably go on all day about it. So it's probably a good thing we're doing this in an episode format to keep me a bit more concise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, listeners, thank you for joining us today. While Brianna took us through the importance of creating a customer journey map. And we hope that the framework that she provided us helps you to get started with creating your own. We'll be sure to include that framework in the show notes so you can get started right away.
1: Oh, and one final thing actually. I get questions from people about what kind of tools you need to map out your customer journey. Honestly, you don't need anything fancy. I create most of mine in either Excel or there's this other Microsoft product called Visio that you can use. Basically, think of it like you're creating this map of where somebody's going start to finish. You honestly can map it out though on a piece of paper. You really don't need anything um, that fancy, expensive, or sophisticated.
0: Pen and paper, I love that. Definitely don't need to spend a lot or really any money to get started on mapping out your customer journey. Speaking of free resources too, be sure to visit thecreativecrossing.com where we have a bunch of free resources and information available for you to access anytime you want. You can also join our mailing list to keep up with everything new going on at The Creative Crossing.
1: And we won't spam you.
0: We won't spam you at all because we have mapped out our customer journey. (laughs) (laughs) And we certainly hope that you take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you haven't already done so. Take care, and we hope to catch you on the next episode of The Creative Crossing.